July 23rd. As we look into the New Testament, today's reading will be from the book of Romans, chapter 8, verses 9 through 25, where we'll learn about liberty. We enter God's family by the new birth, not by adoption, but adoption gives us an adult standing in His family. He deals with us as mature sons and daughters, and not as little children. Now we can talk, Abba, Father, walk and use our inheritance right now. We're free, but uh, we are still debtors to the Lord. And we'll read about hope. We're not frustrated by the suffering we experience or see in our world because we have hope, a sure and steadfast hope. When Jesus returns, we will enter into glorious liberty. The Spirit is the beginning of the harvest and assures us that the best is yet to come. And we'll read about guidance. God's purpose is to make His children like His Son, and He will succeed. He is conforming you and me into the image of Jesus Christ. And with that, let's begin our reading today in the New Testament. July 23rd, Romans chapter 8, verses 9 through 25. But you are not controlled by your sinful nature. You are controlled by the Spirit if you have the Spirit of God living in you. And remember that those who do not have the Spirit of Christ living in them are not Christians at all, since Christ lives within you. Even though your body will die because of sin, your spirit is alive because you have been made right with God. The Spirit of God, who raised Jesus from the dead, lives in you. And just as He raised Christ from the dead, He will give life to your mortal body by this same Spirit living within you. So, dear brothers and sisters, you have no obligation whatsoever to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. For if you keep on following it, you will perish. But if through the power of the Holy Spirit you turn from it and its evil deeds, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. So you should not be like cowering, fearful slaves. You should behave instead like God's very own children, adopted into His family, calling Him Father, dear Father. For His Holy Spirit speaks to us deep in our hearts and tells us that we are God's children. And since we are His children, we will share His treasures. For everything God gives to His Son, Christ, is ours too. But if we are to share His glory, we must also share His suffering. Yet what we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory He will give us later. For all creation is waiting eagerly for that future day when God will reveal who His children really are. Against its will, everything on earth was subjected to God's curse. All creation anticipates the day when it will join God's children in glorious freedom from death and decay. For we know that all creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. And even we Christians, although we have the Holy Spirit within us as a foretaste of future glory, also groan to be released from pain and suffering. We too, Wait anxiously for that day when God will give us our full rights as His children, including the new bodies He has promised us. 
now that we are saved, we eagerly look forward to this freedom. For if you already have something, you don't need to hope for it. But if we look forward to something we don't have yet, we must wait patiently and confidently. Today we're reading in Psalm 18. We'll see that David sang this song after God delivered him from his enemies and established him as the king of Israel. But keep in mind that he often sang to God in the midst of his trials. It is easier to sing after victory. It takes faith to sing during the battle. As David looked back on those difficult years, what did he see? Well, he saw God's faithfulness. God saved David, protected him, and strengthened him when Saul and his men were out to kill him. Is God your refuge and your strength? He saw God's righteousness. Those have been stormy years for David, yet God rescued him and upheld his dedicated servant. David had obeyed God's word and accomplished God's will, so God rewarded him. When the storms come, remember that God is greater than the storms and will help you see the rainbow. And when he looked back, he saw God's gentleness. God did many things to make David a great soldier, but his gentleness made David what he was. God was doing more than winning wars. He was building character. It humbled David to think that God would condescend to call him, equip him, and help him. And he saw God's exaltedness. David did not take credit for his victories. He gave all the glory to the Lord. Whatever David had, God gave it to him. Whatever he was, God made him. Whatever he did, God enabled him. Blessed be the name of the Lord. We can call ourselves by any name we want. We can develop a right standing with God, which is of our own definition. It doesn't necessarily meet the definition of that right standing that's achieved by faith and through grace alone. We can surround ourselves with a man-made wall. It can have a name, denominational name to it. It can, it can be a building. It can be just something we build around ourselves. In the spiritual realm, they say, you can't, you can't come you can't come towards me. You can't get through this wall. I'm blocking you out. I don't care who you say you're speaking for. I'm not willing to listen to you. And, but it was the final rejection of the Son of God that ultimately sealed their fate when he stood outside this wall that they had built around themselves. And he said, oh, Jerusalem. In other words, oh, my people. Oh, the people of God. I send prophets to you to warn you about your condition but you stoned them. I have so often wanted to gather you and show you my heart. I wanted to protect you and give you strength. I wanted to give you life. I wanted to give you light in the midst of what you're about to face, but you wouldn't come to me. But even in the midst of this proclamation of judgment comes a promise. Remember that mercy still triumphs over judgment. I have little doubt that this world is under the judgment of God. I have little doubt the judgments are going to get worse, successively worse. He describes it in the Bible as a woman who's about to give birth to a child, how the birth pangs become more intense and closer and closer together. And you know in your heart, as I do in mine, that we are entering such a time. He told the people that there would come a time upon this world where deception would begin 
to abound, where wars and rumors of wars would begin to break out in the earth, nation would rise against nation. He told his own disciples that you're gonna be hated of all nations for my name's sake. And we've seen even a taste of that in this nation in the last several years, where suddenly it's out of fashion, even considered evil by some to be a follower of Jesus Christ. He talked about false prophets arising and deceiving many, leading people to messiahs that don't shine in the dark. May I put it that way? He said the gospel of the kingdom would be preached in all the world. There'd be a sudden gathering together to him of those whose hearts are right in the sight of God according to the words of God. In chapter 25, he said there's going to be a type of people will only realize in the darkness that they don't have light. They had a Jesus, and they built this Jesus around their own righteousness. They built this image of Jesus around what they think Jesus should look like, how Jesus should speak, what he should do, how he should lead, how he should govern their lives. There's a problem, though, with this Jesus. He doesn't shine in the dark because he's not the real Jesus. He's one crafted and created out of the hearts of men. Because has that not always been the inherent problem of fallen man? That in ourselves, that's what Satan sowed in Adam and Eve. In ourselves, we can be as judges and we can know what is good and what is evil. That's the inherent fallen nature of humanity. And so if that is not surrendered, we bring that into the kingdom of God and we form the Jesus that we want. We pick and choose little pieces out of the scripture and we start cutting and pasting. And before you know it, we have crafted a Jesus. The problem is that when darkness comes, when trial hits, when difficulties abound, when it looks like there's no way out, this Jesus doesn't shine in the dark. I don't want some religious fakery of my own creation guiding me and supposedly guarding me. I want the real Jesus. I need the real Jesus. There's a time to throw off the pride. There's a time to cast away all the pretense and all the fakery. And like the blind man say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Psalm 18, verses 16 through 36. He, the Lord, reached down from heaven and rescued me. He drew me out of deep waters. He delivered me from my powerful enemies, from those who hated me and were too strong for me. They attacked me at a moment when I was weakest. But the Lord upheld me. He led me to a place of safety. He rescued me because he delights in me. The Lord rewarded me for doing right. He compensated me because of my innocence. For I have kept the ways of the Lord. I have not turned from my God to follow evil. For all his laws are constantly before me. I have never abandoned his principles. I am blameless before God. I have kept myself from sin. The Lord rewarded me for doing right because of the innocence of my hands in his sight.
To the faithful, you show yourself faithful. To those with integrity, you show integrity. To the pure, you show yourself pure. But to the wicked, you show yourself hostile. You rescue those who are humble. But you humiliate the proud. Lord, you have brought light to my life. My God, you light up my darkness. In your strength, I can crush an army. With my God, I can scale any wall. As for God, His way is perfect. All the Lord's promises prove true. He is a shield for all who look to Him for protection. For who is God except the Lord? Who but our God is a solid rock? God arms me with strength. He has made my way safe. He makes me as sure-footed as a deer, leading me safely along the mountain heights. He prepares me for battle. He strengthens me to draw a bow of bronze. You have given me the shield of your salvation. Your right hand supports me. Your gentleness has made me great. You have made a wide path for my feet to keep them from slipping. Proverbs chapter 19, verse 26. Children who mistreat their father or chase away their mother are a public disgrace and an embarrassment.